Welcome to the XY Advisor Podcast. To join a global community of financial advisors sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Both Zurich and OnePath life insurance offerings deliver the broadest range of offerings in the market with a combined four distinct solutions on offer to better serve all Australians. At Zurich and OnePath, we believe in the value of advice and the professionals who provide it. This means investing in more ways to help your clients and making it easier for you to do business with us. To find out more about how we can help you and your clients, contact your Zurich and OnePath life or Zurich Investments representative today. Today, Clayton here from XY Advisor with Vanessa from Next Evolution Performance. How's it going? Really well, Clayton. How are you? Well, thank you. Um, As we were putting together this 10-part series on mental health, uh, one of the first things we wanted to talk about was this idea of prevention is better than cure. And uh, your name was put up by numerous people <laughs> in our in our little xy group so thank you for coming on to discuss this uh it's awesome to have someone of your caliber to come and sort of chat about this pretty yeah pr- can be prickly topic thank you great to be here yeah so um one of the things that we've sort of uh, gone a little bit back and forth on uh is mental fitness so yes. uh can you please let me know or let us know what you view mental fitness to be. Um, and yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, sure. So I think it's easier to explain it in terms of the same kind of concept as physical fitness. So we all know that we don't just go to the gym once and we're miraculously fit and now we don't need to go again. Okay. Or if you go for a few months and you try to get fit and then you go, great. Now I feel really good again. I don't need to go. That just doesn't really happen. All right. It's something that we need to train the whole time. And just like physical fitness, have you ever tried to train when you've just been a couch potato for the last 12 months? It's really Mm. hard. Mm. It's much easier to train physically, ironically, when you're already fit. Make sense? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so if we if we wait until we're a couch potato, that would be like kind of saying, oh. I'll just wait till I get cardiovascular disease. And then I think that would be a great time to start training. Yeah. I'll start, like, I'll start doing burpees. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and, and couch to burpees is kind of a hard transition to make fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of easier to let's not get the cardiovascular disease in the first place and let's just keep doing some form of training. And, and the beauty of it is you don't have to train super, super hard to maintain physical fitness. You know, not everyone needs to be an Olympian. Not everyone needs to run a marathon, but you can do some, some, some great things physically to really work on your physical fitness. Um, and it doesn't have to take hours a day. So I think the message that we want to get through is that it's the same thing with mental fitness. And I think this is a little bit different in the last few years in that, you know, years ago, it used to be mental health is something that you have or you don't. And if you've got the gene to be, we didn't even know it was genetic back then, but it was kind of like, oh, I'm just glass half empty. Well, okay, maybe, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so what information we have now is that the brain is malleable. So it's kind of like a muscle. 
which means that we can train it with mental training so that we can stay in good mental health. And mental health doesn't have to mean this idea of, oh, everything's happy and positive and deluded all the time. Yeah, those people are crazy. I know, right? Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, we're having a global pandemic. This is the best thing ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, mm, no, they're deluded. So it's this idea that, um, you know, it, it's different people are taking different things out of it. And you're right, you know, there's going to be some people that are more inclined to see the positives out of the current situation than other people where it's all, it's all doom and gloom. And, and there's no right or wrong in terms of what your level of mental fitness is. The first step is being able to recognize that and then working out, do you want to do something about that or not? But I think the general thing is, is, you know, regardless of COVID and everything that's going on at the moment, um, mental fitness just makes good business sense. So mental health is just basically where you can be productive, you can contribute to society in a productive way, and it's, it just means that you can handle the daily stresses of life. Like, it doesn't mean you're happy all the time. It, you're going to have your ups and downs, but it means that you can cope with things, and that's a good thing. So if we can encourage people to realise that you don't go from mental health to mental ill health literally one day to the next. Okay. It's a spectrum. And the question that we get all the time is, well, how do I know the signs? Which is basically saying to me, I don't want to do anything about my mental health until I have the signs of the equivalent of cardiovascular disease. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and our message is probably best to start trading before you get those signs. Because when you're dealing with staff and when you're dealing with clients and the moment that it, think of it like a spectrum and the further that you move away from that mental health spectrum towards for the mental health side to the mental ill health side, you may not necessarily have a diagnosis of mental ill health, but you are less delightful to be around hmm. and think about what that's going to do for productivity in your business. You're also going to be less productive. If you're only halfway along that spectrum, you are less productive than you could be. So imagine if that was exponential across all of your team, if they were only coming to work with half the mental health that they ideally really could. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, one thing, yeah, that the concept of being happy all the time, I think is uh, something that hits really close to home. I, I grew up, you know, in a very small town and oftentimes when people grow up in very small towns, um, religion can be involved. And so I, I spent a little bit of time in church growing up and there was this, there was this uh, almost like a pressure to constantly be happy. And it was almost like, it was like being beaten over the head with a rainbow, right? It was, it was, it was insane amounts of pressure um, to be seen as, uh, as happy. And so when you, when you mentioned that, that really hit like on the mark because um, yeah, I, I never want to be in a situation where uh, you're being forced to be happy all the time and feel like you're locked into a position where uh, you can't, you know, express the whole gambit of emotions of being human. But I think what you're, what you're saying is, and, uh, and it definitely makes sense, is that rather than identifying um, the issues or, or, or uh, the equivalent of, you know, on the physical health, you know, identifying the fact that uh, you've put on 10 kilos before you're doing anything about it, that it's a case of just constantly being aware and constantly staying fit. So I guess then the question becomes like, I know what I can do to stay physically fit, right? I can work on my diet. I can work on my uh, workout. Um, what does one do 
to stay mentally fit? Mm, Yeah, that's a great question. And again, just like there's so many different exercises that we can choose or different forms of physical fitness that we can choose, you know, some people like swimming, some people like running, some people want to go to the gym, do classes, do weights, whatever. There's no right or wrong on what to do. It's like basically just move and you'll be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not make it harder than it needs to be. Just movement is good. So we want to think about the same thing with mental fitness. And so again, just like physical fitness, there's harder ways that you can exercise and there's easier ways that you can exercise. And it depends on your level of fitness to start with. So imagine back to physical analogy, because it's, it's, it's easier to understand almost in that way. Think about you've got a couch potato. Mm. All right. And then you've got someone else who can always run 10 Ks, regardless of any events coming up, they can always run 10 Ks. All right. If we said, let's get both of them to run a marathon, you could definitely do that, but they've got very different training plans. Okay. The first day of training for the couch potato is get your shoes on. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. The first day of training for the person who can always run 10 Ks is run 12 Ks. Okay. So we can, we can't have the same training plans for everybody because everyone is at different levels of physical fitness, the same way as people are at various levels of mental fitness. Yeah. Makes sense. So if we find someone that's already further down that spectrum towards mental ill health, even if they haven't technically got a diagnosis at that point, they're really not the ones that you can just go, Oh, just look at this situation with a really positive light. Mm. Okay. It doesn't work that way. That's like saying to the couch potato, go and run 15 Ks. You'll feel amazing. No, you'll kill them. And then they'll feel bad and blah, blah, blah. blah. So we want to start on really easy things for the people who are further down the spectrum for the people who are um, already enjoying great mental health. Right. They're the ones that can start on the, the harder things like, oh, I'm having a negative thought about this COVID situation. All right, how do I change that and reframe that into, oh, how is this an opportunity for my business? And so these are the kind of things that you can do. So at the moment, you know, we're seeing so many people thrive, especially in financial services, because let's face it, financial advisors are, are in demand. <laughs> yeah. and, and this was a, this is not a financial crisis. This was not caused by financial services people. So, you know, we're, we're, we're the good guys right now, right? Absolutely. So, <laughs> so it's a case of saying to people, well, the people who have really got great mental fitness now are the ones who go, great, how do I capitalize on this situation? How do I go? Great. People really need financial advice right now. Awesome. How do I make sure that I've got a great team ready to cope with extra demand? How do I go out and do more marketing or whatever it is? How do I ask for more referrals? All of these kind of things that people see as an opportunity versus we've seen other financial planning practices who are like, oh, no, I don't know about the, what the economy is going to do and da, 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 and I don't want to hire people at the moment and I don't want to invest in people and I don't want to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that's, that's one choice that you know, there are other people absolutely killing it. Um, and, yeah. and generally speaking, a lot of that's around mindset, seeing the opportunity. So if you've got great level of mental fitness to start with, you can make those harder reframes far more easier than if you've got someone who doesn't have that level of mental fitness, who is just going to start with the easy stuff. And the easy stuff might be something like, um, it might just be there's a few different ways to do this. Um, it could be something as easy as gratitude. You know, what am I grateful for today? Well, 
you know what, I've got a house. So that's pretty cool. I'm being asked to stay in it, but at least I have a house. So <laughs> yay. Um, <laughs> so it could be really simple about appreciating a walk with your dog or something like that. So it's just, you, you want to get excited about the little things. And so some, for some people that's gratitude. Um, for some people that's, what did I do well today? So there's an exercise called what went well around positive psychology, which is what did I do well today? Okay. What did I actually crush through today and, and, and made a positive impact on someone? Um, so it's just really honing in on the little stuff that you can make big because the brain can't distinguish between something that's actually really massive or something that you just make believe to be really massive. And so we have an exercise which we, um, uh, which we developed, which is, is very popular with people. We call it hashtag crushing life. And mm. it's just, how do you get really excited by the dumbest of <laughs> things? You yeah. know, so it's like, oh my gosh, I just met, well, not that I'm catching buses at the moment, but oh, I just long jumped onto a bus. So I don't have to wait five minutes for the next one. Oh, that is awesome. Hashtag crushing life. <laughs> or I went and they got like the last sandwich that I want, that I wanted at lunchtime. And it was all my, yes. Hashtag crushing life. It's just getting excited about the dumbest things. And I still do this every day and mm. even with my husband like it's just you know oh my gosh hashtag crushing life look at that you know and and so we just keep doing that and it's just one of those things that just keeps training the brain so that we stay on that mental health side of things um and that means that when things come along like you know covid and whatnot it was a case of all right i could see this as a problem or i could see this as an opportunity for the business um, and, and being able to have that level of mental fitness. So if you're training mental fitness every day, all right, it'll be, it, it's, it's kind of like, okay, now we have to run a marathon and we've been forced to run it. Okay. Where if you haven't trained and you have to run a marathon, that's really going to hurt. But if you have trained, regardless of what's coming up and someone says you have to run a marathon, then it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I can probably punch that out. Okay. Off I go. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 key, the key theory there is make sure that you have your mental fitness maintained so that whatever economy throws at you, whatever business throws at you, whatever health challenges or any challenges in life throws at you, that you've got a higher level of mental fitness there to start with. Because if you don't have it there at the start and, and you have to be that couch potato that's got to go through that process of getting their shoes on and, and, and increasing the, the fitness that way, it, it's so much harder. Not to say it can't be done. You know, we certainly get people at all ends of the spectrum that we need to work with. Um, but it's just so much easier, more cost effective and more profitable, more profitable for your business to have everyone in that higher level of mental fitness as often as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that re I think one of the cool things you mentioned early on, and um, yeah, I recently did a, a webinar about this, is uh, it, it is advisors' chance to shine. And, um, and that's, I, I, think, I think that's got to certainly be one of the strengths that we take into the conversations um, with clients. And so maybe we can uh, be really good to discuss this for a second. And that is with this being such a good time for advisors to shine, how would you suggest that, sorry, advisors speak to their clients about maintaining a good sort of positive view during this COVID crisis, right? So, and it, it's not just a health problem, 
we're definitely going to see economic uh, impacts. I mean, Virgin Australia, for example, just collapsed today. Um, and, and that's the first one. There are going to be some huge companies that, uh, that have dramatic negative effects and clients are going to be looking at the advisor as sort of this, you know, uh, not Robin Hood character, but certainly, you know, as someone who can lead them through um, not just the financial situation that we're in, but also the emotional, the mental, um, which is, as you would know, as, as well as I, it's a big part of financial advice these days. It's not just investments. It's also the way that I think about it is like life planning never really took off in Australia, um, like massively, but advisors sort of kind of somehow ended up filling that space to some extent, or, or at least adopted the skill sets and, uh, and they've needed to learn how to do that. It's not something that came sort of automatically naturally for some people it did. Um, but the, the, it's a skill set that's been building and building in financial planning. And, um, and so as someone who teaches advisors, these kind of skills, what do you suggest advisors talk to their clients about during this difficult time? Mm, absolutely. That's a great question and quite a compound one. So there's so many angles that we could pick up on there. Um, I think the first thing is for advisors to really realize just how valuable their services are. And so it's really interesting that a lot of advisors kind of take for granted the ability to manage their own finances, but they take for granted also you know, often, often a lot of them don't realize the value that they're providing in terms of just this peace of mind around this financial wellness. So, you know, we obviously don't do financial wellness in our business, but we're very, very big advocates of financial advice because when we see people having any sorts of financial issues, and this could be first world problems, you know, you've got a big job and you totally. said big job, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. That's still forcing people into financial concern, financial distress, and it has a massive impact on mental health. Yep. So just the work that advisors are doing generally on helping people with financial wellness, that is a massive part of mental health and they should never take for granted the importance of the work that they do for that reason. So it's not just about, I can save you this much, this, or we can earn you this much. It's like knowing that you don't have to worry about money. That's like, that is a massive massive thing and knowing that someone's in your corner being able to provide this advice to get to get you through is is a massive part of that so i think firstly don't discount that and don't discount the fact that financial health is such a big part of mental health yeah, right. and then secondly this idea of yeah definitely from a life planning point of view you know and we've seen it over so many years that i've been dealing with advisors is that you know they always say oh i just feel like counselors sometimes you know yeah 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 <laughs> like yeah. uh-huh yeah that's yeah. right and um and so it's really interesting some advisors want to go more down that integrated approach um than others and it's it's really up to the advisor as to how comfortable they feel totally. doing that so but i think at this time it's just being very mindful of the fact that you know, people are going to be having their mental health challenged in all sorts of ways. I mean, we've got people even from working from home, if, if advisors have corporates as clients, 
even just working from home, you've got issues of isolation for a lot of people. If they live alone, people work in big companies because they like having lots of people around. Mm. So to all of a sudden take that away, even if their job is completely safe, um, there are going to be some issues there that, you know, this goes on for another four weeks, eight weeks, we don't know. Um, and, and people won't necessarily be able just to go back to their offices all at the same time in droves. Um, so there's things there for people to think about. Then there's financial distress, obviously, for the people or businesses who are affected um, by um, in terms of earnings and, and that kind of thing over this time. So, you know, there's so many things there to watch out for. So it doesn't hurt just to ask the client, how are you going? How are you really? You know, and just to try to probe a little bit more about what else is just going on for them. Because some of the things the advisors might be able to help with and to allay some of their concerns. And there might be some other things where it makes sense to get other people involved. Um, to help with that. So, you know, there's a number of different ways that they can do it, but I think being very mindful that all of this is going on for the client in the background and it may affect their ability to be able to make decisions about things. So just to be really mindful of that too, you might be having some clients who are coming to you for the first time, you know, they might not be as quick to make a decision as what they have been previously. So the more that you can really reassure them um, of your value and what you can do for their peace of mind, not just for the numbers, but what you can do for their peace of mind, I think is probably going to be that extra bit to get them across the line in certain cases. And then for existing clients to realize that they're going to be fearful and, and, and it's okay just to, just to call them up and say, Hey, how are you going? How are you feeling? Mm. Where just to let you know, we're completely on track with your strategy. This is exactly what we've planned for just wanted to check you're feeling okay. So people just want proactive rather than necessarily reactive and never have the client need to call you first. You want to be on the front foot with that. Um, so you became a, a PT a, a while ago, right? Uh, uh, I was, no, I'm not a PT, I'm a group fitness instructor. So I teach classes. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was reading your, your bio on, on your website and for, for a little, at least a little while you've been doing that. Oh, a long time, like since university. I thought I would just do it for a few years while I was at university until I got a real grown-up job. And I'm yeah. still teaching. Well, actually, I'm, we've been stood down, obviously, at the moment, but we plan to be teaching again soon. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, and then you, you did uh, a, a decent stint at uh, Dimensional as well and, and Macquarie before that. Mm-hmm. And so you, you've got like a really cool uh, experience, I think, in terms of seeing um, financial planners uh, mm-hmm. dealing in finance and then also seeing the effect of uh, the physical health impacts on the mental health. Now, um, never in a million years would I ever suggest a financial planner look at their clients and be like, you know what, you need to get off the couch and start doing a couple <laughs> of those sit-ups. I don't expect <laughs> that to ever happen. But what would be really good is from someone with your experience speaking with advisors and being involved in fitness to the level that you, that you are, what is your opinion as to the mental benefits of staying healthy in terms of your physical health? And, and, and do you think it's at all subjective or do you think it's truly objective? And I guess even, even probably even the better question is, do you think it's a temperament? Do you think that positive-minded people work out 
or do you think that working out makes people positive minded? So many great questions. Can we go for hours? This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it is a bit of a chicken and an egg situation. Um, And I think it was really interesting when I first started, uh, when I I first started at Macquarie. So I started at Macquarie as a graduate and they hadn't really had this request before. I'm like, oh, I was there for a week and I actually, I gave up my classes during the week because I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And then after a week I went, oh, actually, I reckon maybe I could juggle this. And so I had a chat to my boss and I had a chat with um, my group fitness fitness manager to see if I could get some of my weekday classes back. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can make that happen. Um, And and I said, look, you know, I I teach classes and I'd really love to be able to continue that. And I really do believe that it makes you more productive. It makes me a happier person, all of this kind of stuff. So I will, but back then we didn't have all the neuroscience to back that up. It was just a gut feel. And I'd always been quite active. So, you know, I just kind of knew that. And, and so they said, okay, well, I haven't really had that request before, but all right, well, we'll give that a go. Um, and I said, look, if, it, if it's not working for you at any point in time, please just let me know. And, you know, we just go back to the way it was and you know let, and let's revisit and and it was never revisited again wow. so yeah I just kept teaching classes it also kind of helps that fitness first then opened up in the same building that I was working at in Macquarie <laughs> so it's like where's Vanessa oh she's probably downstairs <laughs> and then I come back up looking like a sweaty mess but that's okay <laughs> they were fine um and so I just kept doing that and then again when I started Dimensional one of the first things that we talked about in, in my in interview there was like okay well here's the thing I teach classes and if that's going to be a problem well we probably don't need to really continue this conversation I'll just stay where I'm at and um and they're like again haven't really had that request before but "Mm, okay Mm -hmm. and um and so it was great and then we just got more and more research coming out of the physical benefits leading to mental benefits and to the point um where even sort of like probably about 10 years ago when I really noticed that there's actually more mental benefits to doing this than there are physical benefits wow massive so in terms of creativity productivity um even just the link between the more you exercise um or not well to a point you don't want to get overstressed but um when you when you move you release hormones which counteract the toxic stress hormones so there's a stress hormone called cortisol and it's great in short bursts where you just need that you know Mm. bit of concentration or something like that but when that builds up in your body, it becomes toxic and it starts, it's involved with cellular aging. Um, it's involved with less brain function um, because it reduces this process called neurogenesis, which is the production of new neurons. Um, and it also leads to the, um, the degradation of neurons. So not only are you not producing new neurons, and then ironically, the part where the part of the brain which signals to, um, to release more stress hormones is actually the part that doesn't work properly. And so it can't inhibit that huh. cycle. And so once you know more about this, this idea of cortisol, you want to do as much as you possibly can not to have that. And I think especially at the moment, you know, one of the quickest things that we realize people are all now funnily enough interested in their immune systems. Mm. And so, you know, I've been like, you know, I'm, I'm very pro washing hands. I've been very pro washing hands for many years, but if it's taken COVID to, you know, get everyone else on board with that, that's good. Um, and I think <laughs> whatever. Um, but I've also been very pro immune system 
for years, you know, and, and controversial or not, I used to always say that you really, if you manage your energy well, then you should be managing your immune system well. And if your immune system's up just because you sit on planes with someone who gets, who's sick and coughing all over you, or just because you work with a bunch of people who have gotten sick, technically, if your immune system's where it should be, you shouldn't really be getting those things. And people would kind of shoot me down a little bit for that, but it was true. And, you know, I, I do all of that. I did all of that. You know, I haven't, I, I get a flu about once every eight to 10 years and wow. my own fault. And, um, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, it doesn't really matter whether it's coronavirus or any, I don't want any flu. Like, yeah, 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 <laughs> why yeah. would I want that? I, and I'm also very miserable when I'm sick too. I'm not good to be around. So it's in <laughs> everyone's best interest that I keep my immune system up. <laughs> um, but exercise, so long as you're not overdoing it, um, that's a whole other topic. But, um, you know, if you're not overdoing it, exercise really increases your immune system because it cuts down on that level of toxicity of that chronic stress. So if you can get rid of the chronic stress, mm. um, then your immune system is definitely going to be a lot higher. So, and then when you're sleeping better, um, and there's so many benefits now about, about sleeping and, um, and even just that level of stress generally um, with that extra cortisol, um, you know, it's shown that it leads to cognitive impairment. So again, if you're trying to get through a lot of stuff and be productive during the day, and you're, you're cognitively impaired because you're not sleeping well enough well, or you're overstressed and they're a chicken and an egg situation. So it's all, it's all related together. You know, if you're not doing that, the interesting thing was I read a research paper actually just as part of my master's a couple of weeks ago, um, which said if you've got cognitive impairments um, from this uh, extra cortisol going through your body, um, that pretty much is like 100% going to give you Alzheimer's and nothing in research is hundred percent. So that's how massive that was. So it's like, wow, even I didn't really, I thought it was a high chance, but I didn't even know that, you know, that level of stress um, and that level of toxicity um, can lead to such cognitive impairment. Um, and so I guess, you know, the more that you look after yourself physically, drinking more water, that's a great way to get rid of all the amyloid plaque that sits in the brain that causes Alzheimer's as well. Um, you know, so drink more water, exercise more, and it doesn't need to be kill yourself exercise. It just needs to be moved. Um, you know, so many things that we can do. So, you know, when I look at it physically, like I just can't, I just can't imagine that if anyone was trying to, trying to be at their productive best, in order to achieve more with less effort. And by that means I need, I mean more profitability mm. with less effort. I can't understand why you wouldn't move. You are, all, you are already handicapping yourself in relation to other people. And while there's quite a few things about saying, oh, you know, but certain people, you know, everyone, everyone's very different. Everyone's very different. But, you know, there's, it, it's, there's so much research that's in the positive to this. Um, and it's interesting, you know, there, there's certain things where, you know, research is still a bit tentative. Like if we look at something like mindfulness, um, that's not quite as conclusive yeah. from a research perspective as many people would have you believe. And I've just finished reading so many research papers on that. It's crazy. And I was 
actually quite underwhelmed. Oh, wow. Inclusive the research was. I was oh, like, wow. really? That's it? Okay. Um, I mean, there's, you know, in certain ways, there, there's definitely some positive research there, but there's also some adverse effects of mindfulness, which have not been explored as well as they could. Well, can we very quickly get uh, like sure. that? I'd love to know. I'd love to know the downside of my mindfulness. I, I think that sounds like a, a phenomenal topic. Yeah. So in the last couple of years, there's been some um, research papers flagging that there's been incidences of... Um, causing people to go into anxiety, depression, and psychosis. And that's pretty scary. So, you know, the main moral to that story is, you know, if you're, if you're a leader who really loves mindfulness, that's awesome. Um, but please don't force it on everyone else in your business because that might end up having the adverse effects. By all means, invite people along to do it. By all means, provide these kind of things so that people can opt in. But, you know, let's not make it compulsory for everybody. And, yeah, and yeah, mindfulness yeah. means different things to different people and there's different ways of doing it. So it's about trying to find a way that, you know, works for you as well. Certain things work for certain people. Other people, it doesn't work so well and they might try something else. But it's one of those things where it's like, yes, be very be very fluid in terms of that kind of conversation, but the exercise conversation is, is way more conclusive. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, yeah, I found with the mindfulness, yeah, there's a lot of benefits to it, but it goes back to that comment I mentioned earlier about um, religion and the pressure to be happy. I, I feel like there's totally. a, there was a, there's a little totally. link with that in, in mindfulness where it's like, or you're just not exemplifying the mindfulness to a good enough degree to get That's the right. benefits. Like exactly. it's almost like you're the fault of you're the, the problem. problem. This yeah, works, yeah, yeah. but you're the problem. Yeah, you're yeah. not doing it right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there, there, there's there, I remember looking into it a little bit and I was like, wow, I can see a lot of um I can see a lot of analogies between those two, I guess, ideologies. But but the 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 cool thing uh, I think that what you're talking about is that it's a lot more empirically and scientifically backed up to get moving, to get your body moving and to sleep well, to eat well, to, to just move. And I think that's some really good um, advice and like not just for advisors, but for advisors to figure out how to talk to their clients about as well. And, I, and I'm sure if they're in a position of like, you know, giving a group workouts on a regular basis they're probably more qualified <laughs> than others but I, I i don't see it as a as something not to aim towards i think it's a great idea um i could continue this for a long time but we do have to be respectful <laughs> for you, of your time now i believe that you've got uh it's you know digital webinars coming up shortly in the short term or how do people find out more about what you're doing and get involved yeah, absolutely. So our website is nextevolutionperformance.com and we'd love you to go there and just have a little bit of a look around. Um, there's a section called Insights and that's a blog that we put out once a week. So feel free to sign up to that. That's got just a whole lot of really great information. Generally, it's come out of experiences that we've had with clients in either workshop situations or one-to-one -one client situations. And obviously, we're very respectful of privacy, so there's no names, but, um, but we very much um, I think that, you know, if it's good for one person and we've had some aha moments or we've had some aha moments for a group of people, then chances are other people can benefit. Um, and so I think that's just a really great way for people to, to get a little bit in their inbox every Friday, just to remind 
remind themselves of these kind of concepts. Um, and then also we do, uh, like you say, we, we run open workshops. So we run closed workshops, which is if people want us to come into their business and just do tailored workshops for their teams, we can certainly do that. And, um, and we, we do that for a lot of financial advisors. Um, if it's uh, a, a smaller financial advice practice, um, then the open workshops might be a good option. And the thing is with those at the moment, obviously we're running all of them completely online. So yeah, and I still get people up and moving. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, so we're running all of them online. Our next one is the twenty seventh of May, and that's just a really good price point to even just come along and experience a little bit about what we do and get some of these concepts around how do you lead yourself more effectively, how do you lead your team, how do you lead your clients. It's about leadership in all aspects. Um, obviously, starting with yourself is a good place. So looking at all of that. And and we do a lot around um, how do you manage, we call it, well, cognitive energy is a technical term, we call it energy credits. So different people are spending so many energy credits at the moment on so many things that are just not being productive. Mm-hmm. So we want to help people understand that you can achieve more with less effort um, just by structuring your days differently. So we spend the morning doing that part. And if you can get an extra two to three hours of effective time in your day per person, in your business, imagine what that would mean to your bottom line. Yeah, no brainer, right? Didn't need yeah. my business to go to sort that out. Yeah. And um, and then um, and then the afternoon session, we do a lot around this mindset side of things and mental fitness and how do we make sure that we've got a really accountable team where there's no excuses to getting things done and everyone's super on the front foot and being proactive and all of that kind of thing, which again makes a massive difference to your profitability in your business. So um, yeah, so like I said, 27th of May, and that's under the events section on our website so we'd love to have you along for that early bird is still on at the moment and um yeah we run those throughout the year we're planning to run an in-person one in sydney in august but we just have to see how everything goes with that (laughs) otherwise that might be online as well but either way you know quite easy so yeah so that's all good so they're probably sort of the main things to get in contact with us and um and please just drop me a note anytime more than happy to answer any of these kind of questions awesome vanessa thank you so much for coming i really appreciate getting someone of your experience um speaking about these kind of topics so, so thanks so much for coming on that's a pleasure thanks so much for having me have a great day 